about the Clippers and so we're all growing a beard. A man's face should never be bare. We just want some facial hair. We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for beard. Hey, welcome everybody to Behind the Beards. This is where we pull the curtain back and take a look behind the scenes to reveal the things that go in the hearts and minds of our church and our ministry leaders this season. We are looking for new ways to prepare ourselves uh, and our people for the Christian life. I'm Aaron Partlow. I am the youth minister at the Pine Tree Church of Christ in Longview, Texas. Uh, over here, I've got KT, who is the engagement minister at the Shiloh Road uh, Church of Christ in Tyler. And below me uh, is Alan Middleton from the Eastridge Church of Christ, and he is their uh, high school youth minister. He's got that new Sunday cool beanie. Mm. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. For everyone who is like, where's Josh? Josh uh, is on a cruise. So I do not feel bad for him at all uh, that he's not here. Actually, I do feel bad. I do miss him, uh, but he is he's on a cruise. So how are you do guys you know, doing? Where, What's going on? We're good. Where, where, where is he going for his cruise? Do you know? Mexico. He's doing the uh, old Mexico cruise. Uh, very good. Which a lot of people don't know. I wouldn't say fluent. I don't know if he would use fluent, but Josh speaks a lot of Spanish. So he's a fun person to hang around when you go to Mexico or Honduras or yeah. any place like that. So Very cool. He's fun no matter what, but I'm just saying. Fun I like guy. Mexico and Honduras. <laughs> well... To be fair, is there any other? I mean, except for maybe <laughs> maybe Cuba. Is there any other place that you would go as a youth minister or an engagement uh, minister for missions that speaks Nicaragua. Spanish? We're going to Nicaragua yeah. next summer. You uh, but are you? Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. But are you? Uh, and Belize. And anyways, yes. Excellent. <laughs> Well, thank you guys for coming today. I really appreciate this. This is a great start so far. Um, really feeling this vibe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whenever we get together, I'm always the butt end of the joke, so that's fine. Uh oh, he lost his earphones. Uh, so, so what's going on, KT? What's new in your life? What's how's ministry? How's the home life? Lots of good things are are going on. Um, <clears throat> Uh, ministry's going really well. We just had our fall retreat. It's our first fall retreat um, since we got here. Um, the thing that you didn't mention is I'm the college and engaged minister. So, um, my bad. College <laughs> ministry first, and then also engagement, which is more like outreach and things like that. So, uh, ministry's going really well. We had a great fall retreat, an awesome time where students were building friendships and. On the other side of my job, we just started a program with one of the middle schools nearby here called Hearts for Huskies, where we're going to be supporting and encouraging. Um, <laughs> I said, I'm in. I'm a husky guy. <laughs> no, it's more like the wolf. The, the dog. For heart health? Uh, That's it. Oh. What a fitting, what a fitting uh, title. That's great. <laughs> He's now totally rethinking the name of his ministry. The spelling is everything. <laughs> so anyway, uh, life's good. Uh, busy, busy season coming up. 
uh, as my wife's expecting in February. Whoa, whoa. So it'll be awesome. <laughs> Alan, you know that. It is awesome. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> what? Spoiler alert. Just yeah. dropping good bombs things. on us. That's good things. Is it really February? Dude, yeah, that's not February. very far away. Oh. Not at all. I gotta, like, Man. figure out my life now. Right? Yeah. Good time. To Alan? Start. Good time. Uh, hey, man. Uh, happy to be on the show. Ministry's going well. Uh, we just had a great summer, and I feel like we're kind of on the ball about what's happening this next summer. So uh, shout out to Jacob, who is our, our uh, middle school youth minister. We've been working together for four years. Um, but see, in family, we just went trick-or-treating last night with Caitlin for her first time. She's two. Mm. And it was actually my first time as well. I had never been trick-or-treating before. We grew up in the country. Oh, my yeah. parents had eight kids and didn't really want to drive them anywhere so, you didn't just like uh, you didn't just like everyone stood by their own door in their room and <laughs> I'd, I'd be lying if i said we didn't dress up we did dress up at home but yeah. uh but yeah <laughs> we did not go trick-or-treating wow. door to door at our own home <laughs> you know i noticed a trend i don't know i can't remember if i noticed it last year in kansas when we took same trick-or-treating uh we went to doors and we knocked so i would say yeah. traditional trick-or-treating uh, in Longview, while well, we went trick-or-treating uh, this year, and a lot of people sat in folding chairs uh, in, their, the driveway. in their driveway. Yep, yep. And I started to think, it's probably because most of the times in Kansas, it was like almost zero degrees uh, mm. on Halloween. Like, it was just cold. Yeah. Uh, but in yeah. Longview, you know, I wore shorts and a t-shirt last night. Uh, yeah, it wasn't yep. cold. Yeah. It was not cold. I don't, I don't know what cold is. I shouldn't say that. We did have the snowpocalypse. Serious. Never again. Never forget. Never never forget. So that's cool. That's cool. So what did you... Okay, Alan, what did you dress up as for Halloween? You guys are notorious for having amazing costumes, uh, adorable family costumes. That's right. Um, I mean, if you didn't dress up, I'd be concerned. No, we did. We did so, and I'm uh, Jennifer was asking like, are we going to dress up every year when we take her trick or treating? I was like, yeah, I think we probably will. Uh, she was Princess Peach, and then Jennifer was Mario, and I was Luigi. So that was Ooh. that was a lot of fun. Nice. <laughs> so no Wario, huh? No, we thought about War that Luigi. Ago. That would have been good. Yeah. Dexter could have been like Yoshi or something, but we, we Dexter's our dog, and we did we did not go that way though. <laughs> did you bring Dexter when you went trick or treating? No, I thought about it. I don't. I didn't know if that would. Uh, I'd never been before, as I said, so I didn't know if that was a good thing to take a dog on or not. I think. Um, I think if Bella was younger, we would have. I would have taken her, and then Lauren would have walked with Sam up to the houses, and I would have stayed back with uh, Bella, yeah. our dog. Um, but she is so old now. She has a hard time. She is. Man. She would not. She would not do well. She would be tired after like a block, kind of like Sam. <laughs> So yeah, we so always had a rule. We had an unspoken rule at our house that if, because um, we were pillowcase kids, um, so that was our trick or treat thing, you know. Yeah, old school, and yeah. the 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 rule was, we will trick or treat as long as you want, as long as you can walk, and you can carry your bag. But right. when you can't carry your bag anymore or walk, then we're done trick or treating. Then we're we're gonna go home. Right. Uh, so that was. 
That Caitlin's was the rule. So little though, we 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 took the wagon so she could like fill up her little pail, dump it in the wagon, and then she could oh, ride awesome. in the wagon and <laughs> fill it up some so more. We, yeah. yeah. Yep. So that <laughs> so was just like, like the unspoken rule. Just... <laughs> we also had the unspoken rule. Uh, no, this one was spoken, but like when we went to the pumpkin patch, my dad would say, "You can pick out any pumpkin that you can carry back to the wagon. Mm. As long as you can pick it up and carry it to the wagon, uh, we can." You can buy that. We can buy that pumpkin for you to carve. That's awesome. Spoiler alert. I hate carving pumpkins. Uh, I, I am not. I do not like the texture. Who doesn't? Of getting in there and carving them out. My Alan, sister like loved them? it. Really? I do. I do. My I sister do loved it. I love it. But uh, we recently did the hack where, like, you get the, the blender. How did that work? I saw that and it worked out perfectly. Huh. It like cleaned out the entire pumpkin. There was yeah. like you just turned it over and dumped it all out, and it was like it was good. And then you got to do the fun like part, which was mixer? carving, mm -hmm, yeah. like a hand mixer. Okay, all right. So that's that was cool. a good idea. Yeah, I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna try that next year. It was uh, it was awesome. I think it'd be really good, like if you uh, if you did pumpkin carvings with your youth group or something. I think that would be uh, an easier way because you know it's such a it takes so long to do that activity. Yes. Um, that that would be a faster way to be able to to kind of do that. Agree. That over with. Now, do you uh, do you cook your pumpkin seeds? No, I I haven't. Do you? We do. Yeah, yeah, we do. Are they are uh, they good? I do. Yeah, they yeah. If you cook them right, we we broil them, uh, and we bake and then broil and season them. Lauren likes them sweet, so she does like cinnamon sugar, uh, and stuff like that. And I like um I like them salty, so I. Uh, I do. Uh, I actually like them. I actually like barbecue seasoning on them. So I'll I'll put like a barbecue seasoning uh, and stuff like that on them. Cool. So and if you do them right, then they they really break down well when you chew them. If you don't do them right, then they kind of turn into like cud almost in your mouth, and you're like, mm, this is good, and you gotta like spit it out, and that's gross. So you have to like, like you have to learn how to cook them right. I feel like we've turned into like a good housekeeping uh, podcast all of a sudden. Hey man. <laughs> Dude, one of my favorite TikTok series. I'm not gonna get right now. I couldn't believe it was it was. It's like dads that try, uh, and so yeah. it's like this whole. It's like this whole like TikTok series about like, like how to be a good dad, like dads that try, and stuff like that. So that's, that's what it reminds me of. Dads that dads that give up. That's what I'm gonna start. <laughs> that's, that's 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 only uh, it's one episode. Um, halfway through, I leave to go get milk. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Milk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't say cigarettes. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, so today we're going to talk about this idea. Um, I don't know why this came to me. I just thought it would be interesting. KT's the only one here with this experience. Al and I have have switched uh, congregations a couple times, um, uh, or whatnot. But um, but we're talking about this. Um, what does it feel like and what does it look like and how does it affect you mentally and what is it like to transition from one ministry role to the other? Alan, KT, and I probably got the joke a million times, way past it being funny. The, you know, when are you going to grow up and be a real minister? You know, uh, you know, because, you know, we're youth ministers or uh, now KT has grown up and is a college minister, you know, so that's cool for you. Uh, you know, there's like that joke was funny. Never. Um, yeah, but anyway, so so just for our viewers, 
don't make that joke. No, nobody likes it. Um, so we're going to talk about that that kind of idea uh, of what is it like? Like, what's the behind the scenes? What's the what's the behind the beards of 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 that? Uh, but first, before we get into that, I, I kind of wanted to have a, a slower start to getting into this topic. But uh, I really wanted to ask you guys, like, how did you guys get into the ministry that you are now? Like, how did you feel called, you know, originally into youth ministry, uh, KT? Or, or KT, you originally did college, right? And then youth, and then now back to college and engagement, right? So so how'd you, like, how'd you get into ministry in, in the first, in the first part, you know? Yeah, so... So for me, it was, um, I grew up going to this place called Camp Deeron that is now very much around your ministry there in Longview. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, the director goes there. Uh, I trick-or-treated with him last night. Actually. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tying his, his kids. One of their boys was a minion or something. That's hilarious. right, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, so I got I got into working at Camp Deeron in the summers of my college career. I went to college over at Louisiana Tech University and... Um, what were you majoring uh, in? Do I at the time? What What were you majoring in at the time? Um, I was majoring. Well, I kind of switched around from business classes and such. I started mm. at general studies, basically. Went to business. Decided I wanted to help people and not trick people. Although I think people can help people in business. It's very difficult. Right. And I learned a lot of ways to um, get people to buy what you want them to buy. And so I was not a big fan of that as I was working the summers in in at deer run and everything and so i got into communication and mm. that's what i ended up graduating with my undergrad with and so about my last school year uh, there at law tech my fifth year my victory lap i got a phone call that summer while i was at deer run from my buddy jonathan long <clears throat> who was telling me that the elders had approached him and asked him if he would do the college ministry part-time but he looked at them and said, well, I'd need somebody. And they said, who? And he said, my name. And they said, well, good. That was our next option. So um, we took on the role of co-ministers, um, both of us working part-time as he was a teacher. And then I got in full-time uh, the next year, even though we were still co-ministers at the time. And so um, around that time, I got a phone call to come work in Winsboro, Texas, doing youth ministry, which hmm. if I'm being honest, like, the initial phone call didn't interest me a whole lot. <laughs> um, mm. I just, I never really saw myself wanting to do full-time youth ministry. Um, I'd fallen in love with camp ministry and the way that camps run and, and the great ministries that they provide. But then I also had started to fall in love with college ministry and just the beauty of working with college students while they're not there with their parents, they're, they're away at college, finding their own faith uh, in more ways even than they could in high school. And so, just found a lot of uh, enjoyment reaching out to students like that, where I could, you know, I could go have lunch during the day and go have coffee and stuff. And I'll be honest, like my first year in youth ministry was hard because I was like, man, what do I do? <laughs> what do you do the while day? they're in school? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I can't like, I, I mean, I could text some of them occasionally, but it's like, I'm not really talking to them because they're in school. Like they're busy. All right. the time. Um, so anyway, that was a weird transition, but. Uh, fell in love with youth ministry, oddly enough. Um, a lot of that in part due to the, the congregation I was at. Um, I still tell people to this day, that's probably one of the best congregations that I could have stepped into youth ministry in. Um, phenomenal people, phenomenal students, um, mm. and easily 
um, one of the best elderships that I've ever worked with. Really? Um, they're actually still looking for, for a person. If y'all have anybody in mind, um, it's a smaller town, but it's, a, it's a great church. They have a great preacher there. Good buddy of mine, Colby clap. Um, and so then the reason I ended up here in Tyler, Texas really all started whenever I met my now wife, Kinsey. Um, we got married last year in October and had some conversations with, um, the preacher here, Gary, and some of the other ministers, as well as the shepherds. And they have always seen a need for college ministry. And I just kind of jumped at that opportunity because um, I was already planning on coming to Tyler regardless because of Kinsey's job and not wanting her to leave that. And so, yeah, wound up here and doing some awesome stuff with college ministry. It's exciting. That's exciting. Alan, what about what about you? What what pulled you into ministry? Did you go to uh, OC wanting to get into ministry? Uh, did you did you not? I guess would be the opposite of that. Uh, I I think when I went to OC, I did already have an idea of youth ministry is what I wanted to do, but I was not majoring in youth ministry at the time. So hmm. I think what originally pulled me is that uh, I'm I was one of those homeschool kids where my social circle was youth group, and so. Wanted to be a youth group no matter what, just just because that's where my friends were. Right. Um, but but beyond that, uh, our youth minister at the time, mm -hmm. uh, I just I had never had such a a kinship with someone who was an adult like I did him, and and I think it was just this genuine feeling of he was wanting to pour into us, he was really wanting to partner with us and and do things for us, and uh, and and just have fun and be goofy at the same time, and that really resonated with me. And so and he has mm -hmm. since gone on to be a, a a preacher, which at the time I couldn't even imagine that transition going from youth ministry to preaching ministry, but more on that right. later. Uh, but I really, I, I don't know, to me, he was just one of the, the funniest and, and uh, uh, most accomplished guy I knew at the time. And for him to devote his life instead of doing whatever else he could have done to just being with teenagers, I thought, man, that's, I could see how some people would look at that and say, that's not a real job. But for me, it was just, you know, that, that was life changing for me that there was someone who was willing to take the time uh, to spend with me to to uh, to help me in my spiritual walk and so I, I i just saw the nobility in it and i and i just thought I, I don't know i don't know what else i could do that way i would have the same sense of fulfillment as i would doing that um mm -hmm. and so I, I i pursued that and i thought that was a, a very good thing uh, to be pursuing and now that i've uh, been in ministry a little longer i can kind of see understand that tradition a little more of i mean you're kind of just as you're aging into preaching ministry i say aging not everyone ages into preaching ministry but that kind of becomes your new youth group right you just become right. a youth minister of a different youth group that has different kinds of problems but still problems uh so it, it i i to me i guess it's a little bit less of a jump than what i initially thought it was i thought i used to think of them as completely different and now i see a lot of more similarities being on this side of it still still a big change um but i i'm loving where i am right now uh in youth ministry and i I often joke when people say, uh, you know, when are you going to get a real job and do a preaching minister? I say, I, I can't afford the demotion. And uh, <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's I, good. I, I, I love where I am right now. I love it. For sure. For sure. That's cool. You know, people always ask me that. They're like, well, did, what, did you get a degree in youth ministry? And I'm always like, no, I didn't. I, I didn't either. I'm, <laughs> and that I'm people, in youth ministry. That, that actually shocks people quite a bit. I tell them, I said, you know, <clears throat> I had a great youth group experience. I had a good come to Jesus moment, and it kind of made me really want to, uh, you know, be a, uh, a minister of some sort. But I never knew what I wanted to do. I never knew if I wanted to do missions. I didn't know if I wanted to do preaching full time. I've been told that I'm a good speaker. 
Um, but a lot of times old ladies lie, uh, you know, and tell you that. So, uh, I'm saying <laughs> it's, 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 old it's ladies liars. What in the world? They, uh, <laughs> not in my experience. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, wow. anyway, so I, I didn't know, like, if I wanted to go, if I wanted to, if I wanted to go into like preaching or if I wanted to be a youth minister, or if I wanted to do missions, uh, yeah. I've told this story a, a few times on behind the beards, but originally Lauren and I, uh, when we got married, we, our goal, uh, was to get married and move to Japan, uh, teach English, uh, in the schools and, uh, and do, um, vocational ministry, uh, work with, uh, whatever churches is, is kind of there. And just, and that was going to be our life. That was our life plan. Uh, and God had a different plan completely kind of closed those doors and, sent us to Washington. So I actually majored in Bible with a minor. Sorry, you guys can hear my dog freaking out. But anyway, I majored in Bible with a minor in missions. Uh, but that missions was actually focused on like multicultural congregations. Uh, cause I found that fascinating at the time. There was a big movement for a lot of, uh, instead of doing like a Hispanic church and an English church and a whatever church, you know, that it's, uh, that you like, how, you know, how do you do church together? How do you come together as uh, different bodies speaking different languages. So I took a lot of classes uh, that kind of took me out of my element and allowed me to kind of jump into that. And so, um, but I, uh, I I went into youth ministry because that's where I felt like I could be the most effective right away. So for me, like it has to do with where I feel like I could be the most effective uh, in ministry at the moment. Like I feel like I can be the most effective uh, with youth groups. I feel like I connect with teens pretty well when it comes to ministry and um and i i still enjoy it you know that, that's a big part of it i think there's got to be a little bit of an enjoyment there as well like teens don't annoy me as fast as like other people can get really annoyed with teenagers or their antics you know at I some point i'm just like teens don't annoy you as much as other people annoy you well that's also very true uh but uh but you know there's a there's a there's a sense there where it's like you know they're teens. You know what I mean. Yeah. Like yeah. we've all been there. We all make dumb decisions as teens, and we also do really funny things as teens. Um. So, what would you guys say is is your passion for ministry? Like, what is your driving focus? What gets you through those hard days uh, in in your said field of of ministry? What makes you? What makes you come? and be a minister on Monday morning. You know what I mean? Uh, like Sundays are rough. They can be long. They can be great. Uh, but then Mondays can be kind of like the Debbie Downer of the week or whatever. But what, what drives you? What gives you that passion? You know, other than just, you know, oh, Jesus. <laughs> but there is, that is a big part of it. Well, Alan, you can go ahead because I have to think of a new answer. That's all right. Uh, I was <laughs> yeah. My driving force is I don't want my family to starve, and so I, mm. I decide every month. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, of course, that's always part of it. The nitty-gritty. Uh, wow. I, it'd be hard for me not to just go back to that youth group experience I had and just at the relationship behind it, the mm. friendship, the kinship I had with my youth minister, and just – to me, there's no other way to look at ministry than as a relational model. Like it's all about building those relationships, and mm. uh, and just creating that trust there, and you know, allowing them. I don't know why, but one of the most rewarding things to me is even when they've gone out of the youth group and they've gotten older, and it may be a kid who was too cool for you know to really engage in in, in youth group stuff. But as they get older and they get into the adult world, they start to look back and have a lot more appreciation for 
youth group mm, time and for mm-hmm. just just the ability to be to be silly and to have real authentic moments and i feel like at the time they can be too cool for those moments and then as they see what the real world's all about they're like oh man this this is kind of this is kind of empty compared to those experiences we were having at camp and uh i, I don't know i I don't mean to say I get a lot of uh, enjoyment of, of kids looking back with regret <laughs> and not being more engaged. I'm just trying to say I, I it, it, it helps me to know that, uh, that we're providing opportunities that we can't force them to be uh, there for, uh, but we can at least show them the way of you can you can kind of still follow this path after you're out of youth ministry. Um, I don't know. I feel like that's just a roundabout way of saying uh, it's just having kinship and uh, friendship with these teens that. Um, Otherwise, may not have any other deep uh, adult friendships outside of their parents. Um, mm. and I think that's really important for kids to have. Yeah, for sure. All right, KT. Mr. Kyle. Yeah. So, I mean, not to you go by KT to still. Yeah, depending on who it is. A lot of people in the office call me TK. So there's that. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Long what is, story. What? I'll, tell you, I'll tell you some other time. I love that. But, uh, That's great. Yeah. <laughs> not, not to backtrack or anything, but kind of going back to like how you got into ministry here and is, is kind of my experience too, is, is I, I want to do ministry and mm. I, you know, the reason I got into youth ministry or was willing to get into youth ministry is because I, I think that there's always been this, this thought in my, on my mind and on my heart that I want to follow God wherever he's leading me. Um, mm. And with that, my, my greatest passions, I often say, are, are camp ministry and campus ministry. And I just love those two. But I also, you know, like people say, maybe not quite as <laughs> not not quite as bad as some of the things that y'all had said of like, when are you going to get a real job or anything? But people have asked me before, you know, do you, do you ever see yourself preaching and stuff? And yeah, and I often would tell them whenever I was in youth ministry, I'd say I'll, I'll preach whenever I retire. Um just you know like kind of like your answer wow <laughs> just like the shots fired all the, the the preachers out there that's right <laughs> when i'm dead that's right but uh you know honestly <laughs> i don't know about that but I, I mean honestly for me the the thing like you said the thing that gets me up in the morning on a monday um maybe even after a long long weekend a long sunday is really like you know this like I, I can't see myself doing anything else like, mm-hmm. and that's not a mm-hmm. it's not a i can't see myself you know being able to do anything else it's it's more i can't see myself wanting to do anything else with my life um ministry has always been a part of my life um i saw other people minister to me in various ways um obviously camp deer was a big part of that and i was blessed to be able to spend six summers kind of repeating what other people had done for me. But then also, you know, I grew up in a church that didn't have a youth group. I grew up in a church that had one preacher on staff for the majority of the time I was there. And that preacher meant meant everything to me as far as, you know, a a ministerial influence. Mm -hmm. Um, It's somebody that very much, I saw the love of Christ in the way that he handled himself and handled his business. Um, Obviously, nobody's perfect and, and neither was he, but at the same time, uh, just the way that he cared for everybody of all ages. And that's just something that, that I, I see myself wanting to do even now is, yeah, like my main focus is the college group here at, at Shiloh. But, you know, I was blessed last year, our, our retreat 
we didn't have a retreat last fall. And so I was able to go with the student ministry here and, and I'm able to go help with the, the Netsis camp, you know, like that was such a blessing to me, but then there's also a lot of times yeah, where we have I, to talk about and, that. So, yeah, there, there was a lot of times even now here at Shiloh where I get to spend pouring into people much, much older than me. Mm. Um, that's something beautiful about, you know, the ministry of Christ and the love of Christ and the words of Christ is that I can share those things with people of all ages and they're still true. Um, and it's not, it's not something that I'm giving to them. It's just something that I'm reminding them of maybe. And um, so for me, the biggest thing that keeps me going, the biggest passion I have is seeing people moving closer to Christ, no matter their age, no matter the context. Um, it's a beautiful thing. So, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, that's awesome. So I think there's like, there's a lot of passion um, that we just have for doing youth ministry just as a whole, just as a general. Um, or doing college ministry or the ministry that we kind of see us in. So have you ever thought about doing something else? Like, has there ever been a moment where, where you've thought about doing something else other than ministry? Have you ever thought about like what else you might be able to, to do? Um, it's a safe place, right? Well, no, there's no judgments here. I was, yeah, uh, there was always a guy, I had a minister who'd always say, he'd be like, man, sometimes I just want to quit and go sell cars. And I'm like, I, I don't want to sell cars. Like I, I couldn't find myself doing sell cars. There was a time where I was like, Hey, maybe I could get into shout casting. Uh, you know what that is? Uh, you know, for video games or whatever. Um, but I was like, mm, no, I don't even want to do that. I tried full time. I did try to stream for a little bit like, uh, video games. Uh, and after like two days of doing that, I went, this is dumb. I don't like it. I don't want to do this. Um, so it was kind of funny. Um, but have you ever thought about like doing something else either outside of ministry or in a different type of ministry? Like, how do you, do you ever imagine what it would be like to do a different type of ministry and what are some of the challenges or struggles or, um, or even just your thoughts on that? Well, I can answer your first question of do it, you know, I've ever seen myself doing something else and, and the answer is yes, but not more out of necessity than out of desire. Um, it was, it was, like I said earlier, whenever I was engaged to Kinsey and knew that the plan was for us to move to Tyler. Kinsey has a very specialized um, job and yeah. specialized education. She is a uh, registered dietitian and nutrition education specialist and has a master's degree in public health. Um, meanwhile, I don't have a degree in ministry necessarily. I have, I have a communication degree. I'm working on a ministry degree now uh, through Oklahoma Christian, but at the time it was very much a, I have a bachelor's degree in something that is not specifically ministry related. And we looked at the, the situation between a Winsboro and a Tyler, just realistically speaking, starting a family and raising a family, there's more opportunities for me to find maybe jobs at a nonprofit, which is what I, I kind of mm. thought after. Um, I got down to the final two at two different nonprofits here in Tyler. Um, I have funny stories about both of those that I can share with you off offline kind of thing. But uh, yeah, um, I got down to like the final two in both of those and God shut the door. Mm. And it was a great experience for me in a lot of ways because it kind of showed me like, you know, like, like God can provide um, if need mm. be. And then he, then he like, like it, it's almost like I was blessed to have the experience of going and applying for jobs, something that mm -hmm. I never had to do. I'd always been called about a job. Um, and then in the process of applying, I got a call about a job, um, uh, about a ministry position. And so for me, it was, it was, it worked out well. Um, but yeah, like personally, I've, I've never wanted 
never envisioned myself doing other things. Um, there's more to your question and there was more questions, but I'll let Alan answer that one if you want. Well, sure. And this doesn't have to be like an interview kind of a thing. So just yeah. pop in your guys' phrases and words or questions or whatever. You threw in a you, your guys's. You guys is one. You can say y'all. Mm. It's very northern. I have the shoes, but do I have the verbiage? Mm. I don't know. Let's go. You mm. can say y'all. All y'alls. Uh, All y'alls. Uh, oh, is it my turn? Uh, yeah. I would next. say. We're circular I, formation here. When I was in, uh, man, I think I was 16. Uh, and I was, youth ministry was on my radar, but for some reason I was really infatuated with the idea of becoming a weatherman. Like I just mm. thought I, I had a good personality and a good skill set for, I, I could be a weatherman. I could see you being a meteorologist. I, I, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, I wanted to chase storms. I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to be a personality. I mean, there was all these things I thought, man, I, I like it. And plus growing up in Kansas, we were always, I was just always fascinated with thunderstorms yeah. and tornadoes and all that. So it just you got a time to shine for sure. In my mind. And I think when it came down to it, well, number one, I found out there was like, you know, <laughs> rocket science uh, worth of math that you have to be able to do to be a weatherman. So that yeah. was part of it. I was like, mm, mm. Uh, I just want to be on TV. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. But but when I like, I don't know how aware of this I was, but I just kept thinking like down the line when I've looked back at my life, I'm sure there would be things I liked about being a weatherman, but I feel like I would look back and be a little disappointed, like. No offense to any meteorologist, but I'm like, I, that's all I did. Like, I just predicted the weather for people. That's that's okay. People need to do that. But when I compared that to ministry, I was like, how can I even compare those two things? Mm. I, I remember when I was uh, when I was interning to be a youth minister. I, I had a youth minister tell me, he said, "Hey, man, if you can envision yourself doing anything else besides youth ministry, go do that thing." And I was like, taken aback by that because I was expecting to like encourage me to stay in yeah, youth ministry no. and fight it out. He's, He's like, like, no. He's like, no, if, if you have any doubts, if you have anything else you want to do, go do that. And I, I really I really appreciate that advice now because he was trying to tell me there's going to be times where ministry is not the easiest job in the world. And you may mm. regret that decision and think about way out the pros and cons of what it means and the effects it has on your family and on you and your faith. And, mm -hmm. um, but so so beyond all that and, and thinking about other things, I think every minister goes through that uh, sort of envision themselves in different ministry positions. And even positions that might be secular because you can do ministry, you know, wherever you are. Um, I think some people have a really high idea of what it means to have like a calling into ministry mm -hmm. that I don't always necessarily agree with. Like, okay, you can do ministry in a lot of different ways. You don't have to be employed by a church to, to do ministry. But uh, yeah, as a youth minister, I've thought about what would, you know, missionary Alan look like or, or preaching minister Alan look like. Or to me, the most attractive has been campus ministry, just I went and got my master's from OC uh, in ministry, and that prepared me for a lot of tough questions that not a lot of teens are asking. And I thought some of those deeper questions might be better had with a college-level sort of discussion. Um, so there's a lot of attractive things about campus ministry. I, I did a youth internship in uh, Stillwater, Church of Christ, and seeing their vibrant campus ministry really kind of opened my eyes to what they were doing. It's really, really neat. Um, pretty much just a, a different form of youth ministry with less parents, which I, sounds okay to, to me sometimes yeah uh, that's, that's all pretty say. awesome actually <laughs> um but yeah man i don't know there's part of ministry and not just youth ministry is that there is a lot of sort of some i feel like there's a lot of job descriptions that are custom fit to the person that fills that ministry role mm. and so if you're really good with like technology stuff you you kind of incorporate that into your ministry mm -hmm. and there's such a flexibility there for creativity 
and, and just kind of tailoring it to the person that you are. That's what I love uh, about ministry. Um, so yeah, I could see myself being in different kinds of ministry. Preaching ministry sounds like a tough gig, to be honest. <laughs> it, it every time I think about, it, I think about that next Sunday sermon coming up. You guys feel the same way? I was gonna say that's what I want to talk about. Is is like you know the youth ministry is where I see myself at um, because I like the format and the freedom of what youth ministry is. Yes, you know. Uh, people are like, oh, but summers are so hard. And I'm like, summers are hard, but I enjoy them. I enjoy the prep work that it takes to to have an active and effective summer. I enjoy uh, the only, I would say, like, honestly, at 34, 34 years old, 34 years young, um, the only thing that does not excite me about youth ministry is a lock-in. You know? Yeah. That, that, that is don't do them. <laughs> that is the only thing that does not excite me about youth ministry. Um, however, in my wise, wise years, I have developed what I believe is to be the perfect ebb and flow of a lock-in. So as to, I still feel really terrible on Saturday uh, when I'm trying to sleep and get rest and recuperate. And Sunday is even worse. For me after a lock-in however the actual experience of a lock-in uh i have <laughs> done enough that i've that i've been okay um so that that's like the only thing that does not excite me about youth ministry uh, is a lock-in i think the lock-in is the biggest thing? thing i think that's the biggest that's the only thing, thing that my students gave me in winsboro i would never do a lock-in Call me a bad youth minister. I don't know. I, I haven't done one since I've been here at East. That's nice. Oh, Alan's gone. We don't. We don't. Oh, there he is. I'm here. Okay. Oh. Can you see me? Uh, no, your your cam just turned black. Oh, KT, no. what about you? What do you have to I say about that up. that idea? What Alan was saying there. Yeah, you know. Um... I think other types of ministries especially are um, you never know till you do it. Yeah. Um, I, I can say I never thought that I would ever want to be a preacher or have any desire to preach um, on a consistent basis until around the time that in Winsboro we were hiring a new, a new preacher. Our preacher who had been there for about 15 years um, was finally retiring. And he said, you know, it's time. I, I want to spend time with my family and stuff. And so um, he retired at the end of the year. And then. Family. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why? And then uh, it was going to be like four months. Um, this was in 2020 at the start of 2020. And so it was going to be like the fourth month of the year when our new preacher Colby would be there. And so for three months, um, I took over the the preaching responsibility and i will say like three months is not 12 months and three months is not correct 12 months consistently over multiple multiple years alan we know that math wasn't your strong suit but you get that right mm. <laughs> yeah. I, i'm only here. i'm halfway to right. 40 so i don't know what's going on <laughs> but that, being said, that being said it was it was eye-opening to see you know the, getting the opportunity to to preach a series and to come up with a series and and stuff was very very enlightening and very exciting um, yeah it was awesome to be able to like i could go back and listen to those sermons and just hear 
my confidence grow over three mm. or four weeks, you know, even. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just hear how, like, my my preparation got better and my ability to prepare got better. And so that's, re that's really interesting, so, KT, because you're right. We usually yeah. just get one offs as youth ministers. Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. But that's I don't like them. I don't like them anymore. I, I have yeah. one coming up on the 27th, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not looking forward just to it. Run the podcast. It's fine. Off. The one-off aspects. I don't see your beard on the logo. Aaron's but, you know, dramatic over here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, would I be me if I wasn't dramatic? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, that's really interesting. Man, KT, we have a lot of the same experiences. You know, when I did youth ministry in Washington, we had this whole crazy thing where the, the minister took a, a sabbatical. Um, Jim took a sabbatical to go to Arizona. He was, like, really into rocks, and so he was, like, traveling New Mexico and Arizona to like excavate and look at rocks and stuff like that. And he was really excited. And, um, so we, they, they trucked in like literally a guy in a motorhome to come preach. Um, and his theological and teaching views did not line up with the church that was there. And so, um, it didn't last very long. Uh, so he, he had to go. And so as the hired young guy, um, they were like, Hey, so you're going to fill in and preach. Uh, until Jim gets back and so I did I so I was the full-time youth minister and full-time preacher and um, after about six weeks um, I was like man I want to preach full-time like this is this is I don't you know I enjoyed the preaching aspect but I did not enjoy the amount of work that it came up with. it's like yeah, that was Josh and I have an episode planned uh, coming up where we talk about like what happens when you use everything that you have prepped you know in college like you four years that you're like oh this will last me my lifetime and then you're one year out of ministry and you're like i have no more ideas like i've preached everything that i that i have an idea for so how do you like how do you keep doing you know ministry uh and mm. stuff like that after you have gone through all your curriculum all yep. your ideas and and stuff like that um and i i felt that like i felt that pull and i was like um what do i preach on how do I do this? How do I do this next Sunday? Because one thing that I'll tell people is like, people are like, man, you're such a good preacher. Uh, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I'll be honest. People. It's really, it's really easy to write one really good sermon. Like it is, it's really easy to, at, at least I think so. Like it's, it's easy to write one powerful, really good sermon. But to have the skill to be able to do that week after week after week after week, and not even mm -hmm. week after week, but then month after month after month, year after year after year, like that's when, that's when like it gets difficult. That's when like it really, like I feel like you have to really be in tuned with the Holy Spirit and really be leaning on God's direction uh, and stuff like that. And that's, um, and I'll be honest, um, like I, I enjoy the preaching aspect. I would enjoy the sermon prep is not as bad as I make it seem. I don't like anything else that a preacher has to do. Um, it's not that I don't like it. That's not a, probably a fair way of saying it. It's not an aspect of ministry that I'm, that I'm interested in. Um, I feel like, I feel like when you get to work with teenagers, um, they, they are still willing to listen. I don't know. Like they're still willing to listen to a certain aspect. Um, but if, for me, like working with adults is like trying to remove not a stick in the mud, but like a stick in the concrete, you know, and there's just, there's a whole lot extra there. So that's, 
that's my personal like I've never fantasized about being a full time preacher because I don't I don't want to work with adults. Uh, <laughs> um, college ministry maybe um, a family minister maybe. No no no. Um, Your college minister you work with adults. But um, mm. what well. You know, science would show us that their frontal lobe is not fully oh developed. <laughs> so yeah, they can go to jail. You just know. saying. Your, your frontal lobe's not fully developed. <laughs> uh, isn't it thirty? Isn't it thirty when your frontal lobe is fully developed? I, I was just trying to be immature, and that's that's all that was. That sounds about right. You didn't have to try. Yeah. I I find myself more willing to work with adults as I get older, though. Uh, uh, being the old guy out of uh, this group, I don't know just the idea of even family ministry and young adult ministry, that starts to become more attractive the older I get. Just thinking I have more to offer them. Uh, what a lame way to say this. Hold on. Before you jump into that, this website says, like, this is this is like the, the most, this is the dumbest way to say this. Your, third, your, uh, your frontal lobe is not fully developed until halfway through your third decade in life. Just say 35. So uh, you're uh, right. I'm not. I'm next year. You're, you're third, the only one with a fully developed frontal lobe. Mm, KT has a good point decade. there. What's that? Your third decade? Halfway through your third decade would be 25, which is what I was thinking. Mm, I would think it was 35. No, it's 25. But Third decade would be 30. No, I said it on. And halfway I through your third one. Who I am my first year in, in youth ministry and... They mentioned twenty five. So halfway through your first, but this decade says twenty five. This says twenty five. So I think your second decade would be fifteen. Halfway through your third, yeah, it's twenty. But Alan, yeah, you're right. 25. Alan was saying some interesting stuff that I agreed with, and I did. All right, go in to do it. I didn't know if anyone was listening to me, KT. So I appreciate that. No, I'm just kidding. This is the worst podcast ever. Josh will never allow me. To run the podcast by myself ever again. I'm loving it, man. I'm having a good time. Doing well, um, I, um, I didn't have any, I, I didn't. I didn't have any big points there. It was just you that, did. I could see the the uh, the interest growing in different kinds of mystery as I grow older. Just just working with adults. I, the problem persists, Aaron. Your exact point that teens are so moldable. I say so moldable. If you don't have, you know, sometimes they listen more to people on TikTok than they listen to you. But hopefully, if you're growing that relationship and that trust, they 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 know they can listen to you more. Um, but yes, they're at an age where you can teach them and they can accept it and they can really feel like this is something I can apply to my life. And with adults, that's a tougher thing. You really gotta you really gotta work hard to get their attention yeah. and actually make those changes. Um, actually, and and, fully agree. And then you're then you're questioning yourself. Like some of these people are older than me. Maybe maybe I haven't made some changes I need to make and. You have to like live in that humility and that openness of I may not have this all together and have it all right because uh, there's no other way to do ministry and then to uh, to stay in that humility. Mm. That's such a good point, man. About any ministry, thank you. at any, thank you, at thank any you. age, at any man. Yes. I feel like form. I feel like humility. I, when I think of like top things, like here's the thing I enjoy about Pine Tree is that like I get I get to preach like three or four times a year. And and so like I'm think I'm trying to decide if I want to preach on humility, mm. or if I want to tackle like like a a very edgy text like when Paul's like hey stop complaining like don't be complaining and whiny people, 
Uh, and I'm like, hmm, maybe I, maybe I'll do that one as well. Um, and so that's, you know, I like that. I like that. I like that. I can be, uh, I don't want to say edgier cause that just sounds like cringy, but you know what I mean? Like, I like that. I can, I feel like I can speak truer words to teenagers and they will hear it as, Hey, here's a guy who's going to give it to me straight. Mm. Who's going to call me out. And because I have a relationship, because we're friends, and because, like, I can trust Aaron, I know that he's going to be saying it out of love. Whereas I feel like a lot of times, and I, I somebody could totally like slap me in the face and say, "Aaron, you're one hundred percent wrong," and that's fine, uh, because this is all an assumption, right? But I feel like sometimes with adults, like the reaction is, "Oh, well, I'm offended, and I'm going to leave. I'm going to go to a different church." But a lot of times with with teens and youth ministry because you know i've put in the time and i've put in the effort to to build a a, a friendship a relationship um all these things uh to make it for like a healthy ministry um i can say something a little bit edgier a little bit more straightforward and they will be like man i appreciate you telling me telling me the truth you know mm. um i i just had matter of fact i'll use this as an example i was a little bit nervous but i I noticed that one of my teens hadn't been to church for uh, almost a month, and mm -hmm. I just texted him. I said, "You need to be at church on Sunday." I said, "You have other teenagers who are looking up to you and your example. You are a mentor, and you are failing them, and you are you're falling in your faith." And I was like, kind of like really harsh words. Um, and the first response back I got from them, which then my heart like started to flutter because you know you get the little dots and you're like, "Oh man, was I too rough?" was man i really needed to hear that right now and i will i i just called my boss and told him that i'm not working on sunday because i need to be at church uh you know that that, that it's kind of like this 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 jerk like you need to wake up in your faith and the response was you're right and i appreciate that and uh you know and i need that uh, instead mm -hmm. of like how dare you judge me you know which Honestly, it could have gone that way, right? Um, yeah. You don't know my life. You don't know where, what I've been doing, and you did it, and so I don't know. There's, there's that aspect in that poll for me. Mm. Okay, Tizzle. Yeah, I think that uh, something that I wanted to say whenever we talked about this topic was really like people are people, but in the exact same vein, everybody is different. Mm. you know and, mm -hmm. and something on this subject you know god bless the the preachers and the ministers who minister to adults who are able to be real with those adults and god bless yeah. the i agree man because, that's tough um i've been blessed um at every congregation i've been to uh, i've seen every every one of those types of adults right people are people whether people are people youth, whether they're older whatever the case may be yeah i agree got the sticks in the mud or the concrete as you were and then, man, I've met some some older folks that are like, mm -hmm. because they put in the work daily to surrender to Christ, mm -hmm. they look like a, a wonderful mold of clay that that they're just constantly allowing God to work on them, yeah, and change them and impact them. And so, um, I would just say, like, with that in mind, mm -hmm. man, I love the ministry I'm getting to do. Mm -hmm. I don't like. I have I have no plans to leave the ministry I'm in. Um. Somebody asked me the other day, 
you know, are you, are you going to be doing college ministry for a while or, or is this just kind of a stepping stone for you? And I was like, mm. this is not a stepping stone just as much as youth ministry, the, mm -hmm. you know, wasn't a stepping stone and college ministry the first time wasn't a stepping stone. Um, I think there's a value in living in the place you're in. And when the time comes to move forward, prayerfully considering whether it's what God's pushing for you to do. Um, I had a, I had a friend say, um, he said to me, we were talking about this, this idea of changing ministries. Uh, and he said this to me and I thought it was really, I, know, I just thought it was really good. He said, if I can't feel fulfilled serving a church in whatever ministry or capacity that they want me to serve, am I doing it for the right reasons? Um, you know, am I, am I truly being a servant of God and, and being called to that area? And so I think back to, Oh, young Aaron, you know, when he was going to college, you know, that I wanted a Bible degree because I didn't know if I wanted to do missions, preaching or youth ministry. Um, didn't even think about college ministry or anything like that on the docket. Um, and I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think a lot of times uh, I, I had a guy named Jono in Washington uh, tell me, I said, man, I don't know uh, where I want to do youth ministry. And, uh, and, uh, and anyway, he, he said, it doesn't matter where you choose to do your ministry as long as you're doing ministry. Yeah, God may call you to a specific place, but moreover, he's called you to ministry. He's called you to ministry. And as long as you're doing ministry, you know, uh, he's going to be, you know, proud of you or he's going to be, you know, supportive of you kind of a thing. And I always thought those two phrases kind of always echo in the back of my mind. It's like, man, I'm called to do ministry. Uh, and I minister to parents and I minister to teens and I minister to anybody. But at the same time, I think one of the most effective things that I've found in ministry is humility. And um, I'm the most humble youth minister you'll ever meet. Mm. Uh, uh, but no, but not honestly, like in, in ministry is is trying to approach a, a humble spirit and an apologetic and uh, like being the first to apologize um, when somebody's upset because it's more about building that relationship. Um, and that's how you get to helping people grow and connect is building a relationship with them opposed to just being stubborn. I'm a very stubborn person. And I think that's a quality that I have to fight all the time. Um, any behind the beard moments uh, from y'all? We're about to wrap up here in a minute. We're going a little extra long for a normal episode, but anything that you think would be good for our viewers or for anybody who is not um, that is not in ministry to know about, you know, what it's like to serve in your specific ministry or even, um, thoughts about changing, you know, uh, a ministry in whole. Oh, I would say one of probably, the, uh, we circled around this a little bit, but I think, uh, one of the most important things to think about is that it, it is nice to wrap up your identity in something mm. like your specific ministry. Like I am a mm. youth minister, that is who I am. Or I am an engagement minister, that's who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm a pulpit minister, I'm a preaching minister, that's that's who I am. Uh, but I think part of the humility that we have is that our identity is always ultimately in, in Christ. And so mm -hmm. uh, if that means uh, God needs to use you and you need to transition into doing a different kind of thing, if you need to do some sort of car salesman ministry and somehow minister to people in that way. Oh, you're uh, reading my I dad's think, comments now? <laughs> I just think it's good to have the ability of, uh, I think God's going to use you uh, in, a, in a way that uh, is going to speak to your skills, but you need to be open to what that is because it's not just about you feeling like 
you're the most successful that you can be by the world standards. You need to have the humility to say, That's right. if I'm a youth minister for now, then glory to God. I hope he uses me as best he can. If down the line, I'm something different, then glory to God. I'll do that as best as I can too. That's right, because it's all about serving God and where he's called us. Yeah, that's I think right. that's awesome. Okay, Tizzle, nothing? Uh, I would say... Top, top so can you, t- can you top that? <laughs> well, I'll top it by answering the question you asked. Uh, I did not do that, so good. <laughs> the the folks that are not in ministry, um, something, a tidbit for you. Um, I would say, remember that ministers are preachers too, or ministers are people too, not preachers too. Ministries, ministers are people. And people have bad days. And mm-hmm. a lot of times you never know what an encouraging word might do for a minister. Did, did Alan? <laughs> he froze in a very awkward that? way. It's like, man, that is intimidating how, how still is. he is being. But anyway, yeah, just remember that, that ministers are people and, and they need encouragement as well because um, we willingly and willfully open ourselves up to receive everybody's problems. Um and that's a good thing, and that's why we're here. Um, but remember that there there are problems for ministers as well, and so always be willing to to kind of lend an ear and, and an encouraging word, if you will. So, I love it. Do you have the show notes pulled up, KT? No, I do not. All right. And then, oh yeah, 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 I do. I was gonna say, do you wanna you wanna read our closer and close us out? Yeah. We want to thank you all for being here today. We also want to remind you of Galatians 6, 9, which says, do not grow weary in doing good. Mm. This world is messy and this life is messy. So allow Christ to use you and do something different, something good in his name. This ends Aaron and KT, and that was Alan. And we'll see you next week. Well, they'll see you next week on Behind the Beards. And I'm sure Josh will look a little bit more tan. I'm sure he will. Till we're all growing a beard A man's face should never be bare We just want some facial hair We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for a beard